everyone, I'm Larissa Russell of Creative You, and I'm your host of the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Here's where we talk about the connection between creativity and healing by interviewing amazing creatives, spectacular healers, and inspiring people who have used creativity in their healing. What does it mean to be creative? What is creativity? You don't have to write a best-selling book or paint a masterpiece or even play in a rock band. Creativity is in everything that we do, in the ways we think, in the way we run a business, in our everyday lives, we are creative all the time. Let's talk about how we are creative and how creativity helps us heal mentally, physically, and emotionally, right now on the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Hi, everyone. Larissa Russell of Creative You Healing, and welcome to the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Today, I have with me Rihanna Milne. Rihanna Milne is a certified global life and love trauma recovery coach, a certified clinical trauma and addictions professional, a certified mindfulness coach, and a number one best-selling author, the host of her own podcast called Lessons in Life and Love, an educational speaker and licensed mental health counselor for over 21 years, living in Palm Beach County, Florida. Wow. So she is also a life and dating coach for the docu-series Radical Dating, Finding Lasting Love Over 40, and her client is now happily married. Rihanna specializes in helping those who have had past childhood or love relationship trauma to heal, transform, and thrive, leading them to create the life they desire and have the love they deserve. So welcome, Rihanna. Thank you, Larissa. Thanks for having me. Hi, everyone. (laughs) That's an amazing bio. Just, um, I, I can't even imagine the things that you've seen and heard. I, I know the own tra- my own trauma in my own life. So can you share some of your story and the path that's brought you here? Yeah, it's kind of divided out in sections. When I was young, I got into uh, spirituality uh, for my own healing. I lost one of my very best friends by a drunk driver when I was 16, Um, And to just deal with that and look at my life, like I was thinking, how much time do I have left and what do I want to do with it? Um, I started reading the spiritual masters and absolutely loved what I was learning. At 26, I opened up my own model and talent school and agency um, right after I divorced my first husband. And uh, I didn't realize at the time he was sociopathic. And unfortunately, he did something really bad. He ripped off my mother $200,000, which is quite a lot of money when you're 24 year old and have two little baby girls, right? So I decided you just can't put a price on peace and freedom and decided I'd be better off on my own and left at that point. So I started my talent agency with my first month's rent and the belief system that I could do whatever it is I dreamed to do within six months. It became an educational excellence award-winning school internationally within the year at one model and talent school of the year. And this mindset work that got me through that difficult transition, I was teaching small town people of Erie PA, how to be model singers, actors, and dancers in LA, New York, and around the globe. And we had people on top TV shows, like I had an auto mechanic who wanted to be on Baywatch, and he ends up on Baywatch. My own daughter sings on three multi-platinum CDs. I had Natalie Rotano on the show VIP. So it's just a matter of the mindset to overcome the fears and the doubt and do what it is that you dream to do. So I've been doing mindset work, gosh, close to 40 years now, um, and love it. And then I went back to school to be a psychotherapist. I always wanted to be a counselor since I was a teenager, And I got a triple master's in applied clinical and counseling psychology in year 2000. 
and started my own practice, Therapy by the Sea, in New Jersey. And when I was building that, I also worked within schools at every grade level, kindergarten through college as a trauma coach. I also worked in drug and alcohol rehab facilities, one for teens and one for women from the prison system. I also worked in a mental health ward of a hospital with kids five through 19. So despite the diverse settings and the population, I had found the top 10 childhood traumas kept coming up that were keeping them stuck in life, love, or sabotaging themselves in business. So I created the Childhood Trauma Checklist in 2012, and it's one of the assessment tools I use for all my clients around the globe. I went uh, and got certified as a global life and love coach in 2009 for singles, 2010 for couples, and certified as a clinical trauma specialist right after that, and certified as a mindset coach after that. So in combination, I do a hybrid system for my clients, which is primarily coaching, which is a very educational model to help heal trauma. And it's also a lot of the psychotherapy things that I've learned and the motivation to succeed, which is the mindset for success. So that's what I do. And I've also written seven books, um, two, which are for the mass public in, you know, top bookstores and on Amazon. Wow. (laughs) And I think, you know, you talk about being a uh, part of the mindset movement before it was a movement. And I, I think, you know, if you understand what mindset is, this is a really important thing. I mean, it, it affects every part of your life, right? And it sure does. I mean, that is a part of it. It really helped me to heal. I also lost a very good uh, friend, a second friend who was murdered by her boyfriend, my college roommate from Penn State. And I knew he was a toxic individual. And I kind of got her to break up with him. And I was a year ahead of her. Then I left school. She got back with him and she ends up murdered. So the mindset for success and spirituality really helped with my healing and kept me going during difficult transitions. And even so, it helps you in the toughest of times. And it also helps you reach your dreams and your goals. So it's an incredible tool and my clients do learn it and they use that quite often. Yeah. 24-7, really. We call it conscious living. And, and I think that's a really important point, right? It's a, a continuous thing. You don't, it's not, you just say a few words and you're done with it. It's right. constant, right? Yes. It's constant. That's right. It's totally living in a different way. I mean, when I was doing the research, I said really about four to five percent of people do conscious living. That means you think before you speak, act, do anything. You're you're thinking in your head, is this for the good of all? Um, am I hurting anyone else? Is this good for my partner? You know, you're, you're, you're going through this process of, is this decision, this choice good for me and everyone else, the universal whole, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, it's a very important concept. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what would you say healing with creativity means to you? Well, I've always been a creative sort. (laughs) Um, Us creative types tend to be a little bit different from the rest. And I love creative people. I mean, when I opened my model and talent school and agency in Erie, PA, which is very much a blue collar town, people were laughing at me. They're like, no one's going to go to modeling school here. And I'm a Philly girl. You know, I'm from the city and I modeled since I was 12. And I'm there. Watch me. You know, and I knew it was a commercial real people town. There were some fashion types, 
But I had my oldest model was 83 and making a fortune in senior billboards on brochures, on television commercials. And my youngest client was five, you know, so I created out of the box, you know, a system that would work. So creativity in in a word, it turns me on, right? I always love creating businesses. And I raised my daughters with this entrepreneurial spirit. And they also have created their own businesses that have become very successful. So, um, you know, I I guess, what do I do? I create businesses. I write books. Um, I love dancing. Dance is unique in the way that you're styled. If you're not doing the same thing over and over again, your creativity in dance is what the music tells you to do. Right. And when I travel around the world, which I love, I love to see the artists throughout different countries and the architecture and design of different countries. So, of course, I love theater. You know, I'm a talent agent. So I love all kinds of art. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think it's important to remember that creativity is in everything we do. And so like starting a business, it is so important to have that creativity in business. And yes, it really is. If Even if you get a business coach and you don't add your own authentic feelings, like you want to be authentic in what you're teaching or doing, you want to love it, right? So if you're only following a step-by-step program, you're not going to have your heart and your soul in it. Like people really know when what you do, you love it. You know, my clients know I love what I do. I love helping people reach their goals and dreams and go through personal transformation after they've had a very hard time of it, whether in life or with an abusive relationship. So, you know, when I meet them, they're kind of in a negative space, right? They've lost themselves, um, usually mostly depressed, a lot of high anxiety, lost their zip and joy for life. And that's up to me and, you know, my source to bring them back to be not only the best they can be, but even better, you know, something to create something about themselves that they just love. That's totally different. So that's my challenge and my joy. Oh, I love that. And you talked about the top 10 traumas and and how does creativity fit into that with the, with the traumas? And, and can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, there, the research that I have done is on how childhood trauma impacts adults in life, love, and business. And when I was doing the research and look back at my many years of working with all these populations, the top 10 traumas, I created this list. And you have to understand what occurred to you as a child when you were young and innocent. So it's not about at this stage as an adult blaming your mom and dad. It's not about um, feeling any guilt or shame around that. But very often when kids are in a traumatic situation, they do creative things to deal with it or cope with what's going on around them. Um, Working in the schools, most of my kids going through traumatic experiences at home with their parents even if they're identified ADHD, I would be one of the proponents. They're not ADHD. They're coming from trauma. So when trauma is going on in your world, cortisol is up and memory is focused and it's down. So very often these kids got misdiagnosed as ADHD when their nervous system is just so hyped up, they can't learn. 
you see. So even back in the beginning, I'm doing meditation in my room, you know, music therapy. One of my favorite things to use was listening to Louis Miguel, a Spanish loves artist, you know, and I love his music, but I don't understand a word of it. But it really calmed them down, you know. Um, so there's all kinds of creative things that you can do. But um, knowing what your 10 traumas are, and then I evaluate what the top, so the severity levels are from one to 10. And then we can see how you tried to deal with it. You know, some, a lot of people did. I was a writer. I wrote a lot. As a matter of fact, this is uh, kind of funny. And as a senior in high school, I won the who's who of American high school students for English writing. And I was all happy and proud. I, you know, it's not something the kids enter, the, the teachers vote on the one student in the senior class to get this. So I went home real proud. I told my mom, I got this. She goes, well, why would you get it? So, I mean, that's a great response of trauma number two, which we call verbal messages, where you never get a compliment. You never feel good enough. You're never told great job, kiddo. I'm proud of you. You know, so these things stick out in your mind. So if you'd like, I'll go through the other 10 traumas. And, you know, you can see uh, the listeners, how they might have dealt with them. Yeah, I would love to hear more about that. Okay. So the yeah. first one is if your caretakers or parents had any addiction, and I named 12 of them, drugs, alcohol, sex, meaning you knew your uh, parent was a cheater and you held that secret, porn use, gambling, hoarding, spending, eating, gaming, TV watching, workaholism and social media or computer addiction in today's age. Just the computer comes first before the child. Second is the verbal messages. It could also be watching mom and dad fight a lot, um, not hearing the words, I love you. And those verbal put downs or slurs. That's number two. Number three is emotional abuse or neglect. Number four is any physical abuse like beating sexual abuse, rape, or molestation. And again, these could have happened inside or outside of the home, in school, in your neighborhood, anywhere. Um, the next one is abandonment. And there's two types I name, fault and no-fault abandonment. So a no-fault abandonment would be if a parent happened to die early, if a parent deploys and goes to war for their country. And believe me, I was in the elementary school when that was happening. My students with their parents mom and dad over in Afghanistan, Iraq, Iran, they're like just floating, just checked out emotionally. You know, their grades went down and then they're identified as ADHD. It's like, look, this child's not sure if their mom or dad's coming home from war. That's all they're thinking about, you know? So very important to understand that connection when you're working in schools. Um, the next one is fault abandonment. Oh, the other no fault is if the parent travels and that's how they earn their living to support the family. So they're away a lot and it's a no fault abandonment. A fault abandonment would never be never, a fault abandonment would never be in your child's life at all, or it would be you were in your child's life until the marriage or the relationship broke up, then you rarely saw the child. And another example is an emotional abandonment where the parent is still there in the household, but just not interested. They don't go to the school events. They're checked out in front of their TV all the time. They barely engage with the child 
or from those custody weekends. I heard so many kids say, Miss Rihanna, why do I have to go? My dad doesn't even talk to me, watches football all weekend. You know, so those kind of feelings in the kids where they just don't matter. Okay, so very important. The next one, number six, is if you were part of the foster care system, adopted, or you had to live in other households because your parents couldn't keep you there, even if that means grandma's or your aunts or uncles or a family friend's house. Trauma seven is the one that most can relate to, although all the research says most people have one to three of the top 10 traumas. So this one most people can identify with. It's called personal trauma. And there's many, many examples, but I'll give you a, a few. It's if in any way you felt different or you didn't fit in. So you might have been the skinny and gawky child and called a nerd when you were growing up or a little chubby and overweight and you were teased for that. It could have been your gay or lesbian student trying to come out and be your authentic self and people teased you because you didn't fit the mold. It could have been you were the only African-American student in an all-Caucasian school. So you can see the many ways that kids, you know, want to fit in and they just don't feel that they do. And that hits people hard. Okay. Trauma number eight is around the siblings. So the sibling could have bullied you. Your sibling could have been born with a medical issue, um, thus commanded more of mom's and dad's time. But most often people can recognize when their sibling was the golden child, the special or favored one. So the star student, the star athlete, the prettier, more handsome child that got more of mom's and dad's attention. Trauma nine has two parts. The first part is community trauma. And this is one that everyone can say that they are a part of because it's a global trauma right now. And that's the COVID pandemic. So whether it didn't affect you personally, it's affecting your neighborhood and people, you know, um, and we are all impacted by this terrible disease, right? Um, this illness. So that is a community trauma. Also our mass shootings, our school shootings, um, mother nature events, floods, floods, fires, hurricanes, things like this. Then there is family trauma. How is a family, you know, um, suffering from the COVID virus? But even before COVID, family trauma could be growing up in a dangerous neighborhood, a lot of lack messages. We don't have enough money for you to do this or to do that. Those lack messages, which really play out in business, by the way. Um, it also could be a parent is incarcerated, the military uh, family is moving every two to four years, and that's making the kid the new kid in the school. You know, so there's many under family traumas as well. And then trauma 10 is mental health illness in mom or dad. And this us baby boomers, our parents didn't go to counseling. So we kind of have to guess that they suffer with any of these. And um, the two worst is bipolar and borderline personality disorder. So a quick definition, borderline is very erratic moods. When they're good, they're great. When they're bad, they're horrid. And you never know what they're going to snap out about. It's that fast trigger anger that gets everybody like, whoa, you know, it's a very difficult personality to live with. And then bipolar is manic depressive. So manic people think, is that the high and happy phase? Well, it could be, but there's often addiction around it, like an alcoholic or a spending spree, a gambling spree, something like that. And depression can show up as extreme fatigue, checking out emotionally, um, or even anger. 
So those are the top 10 traumas that impact adults. I just find this fascinating because I've, I've studied psychology and, uh, you know, you, you get bits and pieces of this, but have it all put together like that. And it was brought to my attention more recently that I have lived a very traumatic life. But when you're growing up through it, you don't recognize it as such, right? It's just your life. You don't. Um, because this was not talked about. I did not learn any of this in my triple masters. It's only when I had love trauma a second time years later that my ex-husband looked at me and goes, I don't know what's the matter with me. I sabotage everything I love. And I said, I don't know either, but I'm going to figure it out because I needed to figure it out to heal myself. And that's what started my journey on uncovering unhealed childhood trauma. He had nine out of the 10 traumas with pretty high severity levels. And when I wrote my Love Beyond Your Dreams book, the number one bestseller, I got up to 400 pages, had more research. I'm like, oh my God, I got to stop. You know, it's 400 pages. But everyone says, oh my God, I read it in two nights. It's, in, it's fascinating, right? Um, and then I made this notebook of 150 pages that my clients use from that research as well. So there's always more coming out because uh, this was brand new when I started researching it. And um, once you understand it and then the patterns that show up, wow, it's, it's amazing. I mean, I've identified at least 24 patterns, whether it's about life and life, I mean, ongoing anxiety or bouts of depression, um, fear-based negative thinking. Uh, we have false negative assumption, assuming your partner's doing something when you don't have the facts, but you just say, I know inside that this is happening, you know, so there's p uh, perfectionism and people pleasing. These are side effects uh, with actors, models, singers, dancers There's something called imposter syndrome. They make it and then they sabotage themselves because they don't, un you know, unconsciously don't think they deserve their fame. Um, and then when it comes to love, there's all kinds of different patterns. So if someone has jealousy and control, that's usually from trauma too. the verbal messages you've gotten, like you're no good, you'll amount to nothing. That's big in business, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and trauma seven, now nah, you're not pretty enough to be my girlfriend or you're not the cheerleader. Uh, that's what I want. You know what I mean? Those messages that you hear as a teen, you just let it go, but it's hurting your soul every time, you know, there's a verbal put down. Um, so that comes out later in life where you may not feel worthy enough to have that partner that you have. So jealousy and control sets in. Um, when there's abandonment issues, some of the patterns we see are, um, well, one is called rep relationship repetition syndrome. So they have a partner. It's great in the beginning, this whirlwind, whirlwind romance. Then they break up. Um, then they get back together. And consciously, they say, I know this person's not good for me. I know it. And then the craving of wanting that love back and that excitement and that fun, that unconscious craving is more than the conscious awareness of, I know he's not good for me and the world's abundant. I'll find someone else. So it's a breakup and get back together. And the research shows it's an average of seven times in these kind of relationships. And there's usually abandonment in the history. Uh, also, abandonment is a part of codependent relationships. Um, what else? Anger, addiction is part of this. Uh, impulsivity that comes from maybe hearing those lack messages and 
that might be the husband that goes out and buys a red sports car and says, she'll just have to deal with it. I want this, you know, I work hard. I should have it, you know, um, without, you know, caring about what your partner says about the hundred grand that was spent on a car, you know, so there's all different kinds of patterns that show up and those are just a few. I, I find this incredibly fascinating. I feel like we could talk forever about this, but yeah. what are, what are some of the, things that you can start to do? I'm assuming your book will tell us, but could you just give us a, a few pointers if, we, if we're if we recognizing some of the things you've said? Yeah, definitely knowledge is power. Um, as a certified clinical trauma professional, everything it says that I am to do to help my clients healing says it takes six months. So I work with my clients four to six months. I have two different packages and it really depends on that person in front of me when I'm doing a private one-on-one program, what they've endured and what's showing up with them as an adult. So some of the things I do in general, everyone has to meditate. And I have something called a divine spiritual meditation because it's shown in um, science and quantum physics that meditation, all you need is 15 minutes in the morning has an impact or an effect of eight to nine hours a day uh, into your day. And it uh, lessens the cortisol level, the fight or flight, the blood pressure, uh, anxiety, depression, and increases dopamine and serotonin levels of the brain. I also uh, look at holistic health. You know, what is the diet? I do vitamin therapy. Are you exercising? What is your lifestyle? What is the balance? Um, You know, do you have support systems? Do you have good friends? What's your relationship with your parents, your kids? So I have to look at their whole entire life. It is, you know, encompasses all of that. And that's part one. And what are your goals and dreams? And so many people have put their dreams on hold to please their partner to the point of losing themselves. So when they're in front of me, it's like, I don't even know anymore. Like I haven't even thought about it. So we get the dreams down and we start solid steps to get those goals reached. And then by that time, then they get out and they start dating. Or if it's a couple I have in front of me, we have to do the traumas of partner A and partner B, and then the new communication style based on respect of the old childhood wounds and helping each other through that with their practicing through communication. So it's quite intricate. Mm-hmm. It sounds like it, but four to six months, you can be a new person. So. Well, they are new people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's funny when they're, they're, they've got it and they've been practicing it, the mindset and the heal, the, the trauma is healed from the brain and the body cells. They look back. It's like, how was I ever that person before? Mm-hmm. And, you know, when people are struggling, they don't know what they don't know. And I was in that place. Like, I don't know why he did what he did and he didn't either. And that just drove me crazy. And I'm like, I need to know this because I did. And I say this as a quote, you can't change what you don't understand. You have to understand why are people doing what they're doing? Right. And where did that come from? That behavior come from and how can we heal that? So that was my mission. And when I found this out at the time, I was a local therapist in Southern New Jersey, And I said, you know what? I got to take this message to the world. This is too important. This is amazing research. It's not in the DSM-4, which is a diagnostic model for psychotherapists. 
I even had somebody say, you're crazy. You're making it up. I'm like, really? I said, you watch. <laughs> then the Kaiser Permanente group came out with their study on how unhealed childhood trauma uh, hurts people in their health and brings on early disease and death, right? So they did the correlation with health, but they did not do mental health and relationships and success for individuals. And that was the area that I studied. Yeah, absolutely fascinating. I I just wanna thank you so much for sharing what you have and we'll make sure we have all the links. Um, Is there any final things you'd like to say to our listeners today? Yeah, I mean, I have a lot of free gifts for you. Go to my website, rihannamilne.com. I have a free ebook there to describe this more Uh, free book chapter downloads of both live and love beyond your dreams or sister books. They go together. My podcast, a hundred over a hundred shows of lessons in life and love on every podcast and my YouTube channel. And I just want to tell you, you know, start today. Now is the time to create that life you desire and to have the love you deserve. Don't wait. No, I love that. Well, thank you so much for being here today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. And to our listeners, we'll see you again next week. And in the meantime, I wish for you amazingly creative days. Are you a daily journaler? Do you want more creativity in your day? We have two great creativity journals to start your day with. One for people who already have a journaling practice and one for people who are new to journaling. Both are an amazing way to start your day. Both make the perfect gift for a person in your life. Check out Have an Amazingly Creative Day and How Do I Have an Amazingly Creative Day? both currently available on Amazon. Click the link below to purchase yours now.